0: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com.
2: And welcome back to Overnight America. Got an hour here with our friends in Canada in about 25 minutes from now. I so look forward to hooking up with the shift in Shane Hewitt. A couple of uh, things I wanted to get to with the stimulus checks being uh, signed last week was the stimulus package. Uh, Republicans saying uh, no thanks to all this waste. You know, put in the stuff we like. I mean, put in the stuff we agree with. But no, 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 no. This has been um, just another $1.9 trillion that we're not going to be able to get back. But it means that when you check your bank account, you might get some extra money in there. And some of that money started to go out pretty quickly. The way the IRS works with having your direct deposit information on file, they started trying to get that out the door as fast as possible. Uh, Customers at some banks may have already seen your stimulus money direct deposited. And I've seen a mixed bag on this. Some people, uh, and most people, I should say, on social media have all pointed out, hey, uh, why are some people saying they got theirs and I haven't over and over and over and over and over over again? Has anyone actually received their direct deposit for this latest stimulus? I'm curious if you've actually seen it show up in your bank account. But Americans are somewhat waiting, and I don't know why you would get frustrated. It hasn't even been like a week yet since they are trying to get these things out. It does take some time. I don't know why you would think, oh, boy, I demand this money right now. Because a week's super fast. There's a couple of banks that pointed out that they're going to start processing these on March 17th. That's two days from now. And I think those two banks are Chase being one of the big ones and Wells Fargo being the other and saying they won't process the federal stimulus direct deposits until March 17th, no matter how early the money lands. Some people are getting pretty excited to see those things in there right now. Now, like the $600, the ones that came in, they signed it in December and early January. They started to come through. Some people have already reported that there are some scams that are out there. Stimulus checks are being sent to wrong bank accounts for some Americans checking their IRS get my payment tool. So I guess you can go online to the IRS and and check these things out. I, you know, I don't have a need to do it. I've haven't had any other issue. In fact, I've already filed my taxes for 2020 and already have received a refund for 2020. So I know that they have the correct information. there, ready to go. I just don't, see the need to have to obsessively go on and and check it, considering it's only been like, I don't know, a week, if that. But uh, USA Today contacted the IRS. The agency directs questions to get my payment tool if you wanted to see it. Taxpayers were surprised to see the last four digits of their bank account were incorrect when they checked their payment status with the IRS website. Uh, An issue that happened during the first two rounds of the direct payments when technical glitches from third-party tax preppers caused delays. So this has to go back to The ones that decided to go in, uh, like if you go to the um, TurboTax or H&R Block or some of these ones that are super convenient, you know, some of them you go online and you file your own taxes. Some you can actually go in in person and talk to them. And what will happen is I don't know what each individual tax prepper offers. So this is more a general of what happens, not any any one per se. But you would go in, you file your taxes, and at the end they would say, you know what, we can give you that amount right now. Uh, We'll just take a little off the top. We'll charge you a fee for it. But we'll give you that money right now so you don't have to wait for the IRS to give you the money. And then when the IRS sends you your payment, it'll just go straight to us. So you don't have to pay us back. We'll We'll just accept that payment on your behalf. And a lot of people said, oh, that's great. I'll take it. It's worth the $100 or whatever the cost would be to get the money early. And that really came back to bite them because when the IRS started sending out some of these direct deposits, the number that they had on file was not your number. It was whatever the tax preparers number was because the payment originally went to them. Now, some of the different payments and the people that were taking these payments before had to come out and specifically say, all right, we know that this is a problem, so it will get forwarded to you. Don't worry. But since this is happening at a point where you may have filed for 2019 and you had a couple of payments coming in, and if you haven't filed for 2020 yet, it might still have that information on file with the IRS. So it's still going to go there because you haven't done your taxes to the way that the IRS has your direct deposit number, not the intermediate one. So that causes a headache and a half. One person texted in, hey, Ryan, my check is pending right now. It came there yesterday. It's pretty amazing how fast they can get this stuff out, isn't it? It's amazing how slow and fast the government can work at the same time. I mean, government is slow for everything. If you've ever had to wait in a government line, you understand this. I don't know how many times you've had. Imagine trying to file for unemployment last year. And if you had to go through that process, how terrible and exhausting that was to, to get that settled through the government and people trying to call. And you, Think of it even trying to get a vaccine shot right now. If you're someone that has been trying to get in line. And you want to sign up and and do one of these deals and how difficult it is even to get that. But man, the IRS can get you in a second. Can't they? (laughs) They can push that out the door and lickety split. Where did that come from? And why can't all government work that fast coming up after the break? I don't know if you saw this too, but some of these stimulus checks are being garnished for unpaid debts. Uh, Some people hate that. They think there should be a law against it. I in fact am in favor for it. Uh, That may sound a little harsh but i don't have any problem with it whatsoever if you owe someone a debt and they've gone through court and the court agrees that you owe someone the debt and they had to garnish your wages because you weren't paying then you know what if you owe someone else the money it goes out that's how this works and i don't have a problem with it so i'll tell you why coming up after the break and also shane hewitt the shift we're going to hook up with him in about uh 18 minutes from now super excited it's overnight america kmox I saw this one story about checks and the stimulus checks could be garnished for unpaid debts, and the reason for that is because normally when the stimuluses have been passed during the Trump administration's I don't know if you know this, but he actually encouraged the two parties to come up with a deal and to work on the deal. So the first one they rushed very quickly. There was a lot of junk that shouldn't have been in there. But I think a lot of people realized at the very start of this coronavirus, the government was asking businesses to close their doors and telling people to stay home. It was going to cause a lot of economic hardship. So they wanted to do something that would be able to help in the case they didn't want the economy to completely tank all the way with no hope for these businesses to reopen. So they signed this big stimulus and then they go many months before signing a second one, mostly because we saw this V-shaped recovery where it almost immediately bounced back after um, the terrible drop that we saw. And the numbers didn't get as bad as we thought. The unemployment numbers, they thought, oh, 20%, 30% unemployment, you got about 14 or 15 or whatever the number was. And then it started slowly backing down, not as fast as they wanted, but at least it didn't climb like the yodeler on the uh, Price is Right, trying to get it to the top of the cliff. So finally, it makes its way back down. And the two sides, the Republicans and the Democrats, the the Pelosi's and the Schumer's of the world, and the Mitch McConnell's and McCarthy's of the world getting together and talking about it and it actually took them till December before they came up with a plan they both agreed on. That was the Trump way of handling it. They said, get your stuff together and get it done. And because of it, when these checks were going out, it actually went out to the people, and that's how these things sort of worked. Well, not so much in this case, because there wasn't really any encouragement in order to try to get the two sides to talk to each other. The Biden administration didn't have that same spirit. The Biden administration just said, Go ahead, Schumer, do whatever you want. Go ahead, Pelosi, do whatever you want. Uh, You're on your own on this one. And didn't really facilitate the two sides to talk. Back when Joe Biden first got into office, I think it was like Mitt Romney and um, I can't remember, Susan Collins and a few of them got together and they said, oh, we pitched our idea of why we should have a $500 billion stimulus plan. Right. It was our $600 billion stimulus plan. That was thrown out immediately. That was not liberal enough. And immediately they started pushing for everything under the sun, a million things that they decided to throw in there that didn't deserve to be in there. And part of the way they say they were going to make this work was budget reconciliation. You may have heard that term before, but it was in order for them to uh, get everything they wanted when they didn't have bipartisan support or enough support to be able to flip over on the other side. And when no Republicans were signing off on this sort of thing. They said, at least we can do it this way with just, a, you know, as long as we can get all the Democrats to vote for it, we'll be fine. And that's ended up what happening, right? All the Democrats end up voting for it. Well, because this went through budget reconciliation, this allows the money to be garnished. So if you owe someone money and they've gone to court and they said, you owe me money and the court agrees you owe this person money and you're not paying the person and it's been a long time since you have the court may actually say we're going to garnish your wages. So a certain percentage of the money that you have on your paycheck will directly out the door and go to the person that you owe money to. In a lot of cases that happens when it's, you know, the the deadbeat dad situation or it's a child support situation, deadbeat mom or whatever it may be. You see it happening in situations like that, but it could be other ways that happens. But, you know, I think mostly you, you hear it in that. Thanks to budget reconciliation. Um, this money can be garnished. Now, there have been people to come forward and say, you know what? Uh, It shouldn't be. It should be like the rest of them. Well, too bad. You should have negotiated this like the rest of them. But you didn't. And I want you to remember that. Anyone that has money that has uh, out the door garnished wages. Thank the Democrats for that one. Go ahead and send Nancy Pelosi a thank you email. Thank you so much. But. They say that the people that have been hit the hardest during this virus are the ones that are most vulnerable and need the money the most. Thus, you should be able to get the money to them. I would argue that if they have money owed to someone else, a debt to someone else, and it's so bad that they had to go to court to get that person to pay up on the debt, then it's not your money to begin with. It's someone else's money that you owe. So groups are calling on Congress to pass a standalone bill to prevent this from happening. I don't think it's necessary, honestly. Uh, I think with all this money going out so quickly, they wanted out the door. I don't know how you'd stop that unless it was the printed checks, because the direct deposits are going right away. I mean, and even some people getting it as we speak. In fact, I've decided to check my account and just say, OK, I'll see if I got it yet. Uh, nothing yet. And I think that. I'm not going to push it because it's only been like a week. And to expect the government to work that fast is ridiculous. (laughs) That doesn't work that way. Axios is the one putting this out there, by the way. Um, uh, No, I should say uh, CNBC. There was an Axios article about the CDC, and I didn't get a chance to bring this up last hour. But the CDC is analyzing data that could change your social distancing guidelines. So right now, what do you know what the CDC recommends? There's two things you probably know. One, you need to obsessively wash your hands like your Howie Mandel. And number two, keep six feet away and don't be in close contact with someone for more than 15 minutes. If you're in within six feet for more than 15 minutes, you're in the danger zone. But now the CDC is saying, I got an idea. Have we decided on permanently making it six feet or should we try to change it to three feet? Three feet distancing policies. Um, Let's try to bump it down and you can get just a little bit closer to everyone. Maybe the six feet was a little bit overboard. Well, you don't say. I thought that when they handled this and they were talking about the science shows that and then the six feet was brought out that, oh, the science shows. But how does that change so quickly? How many times has the science changed over the past year? <laughs> I mean, when they all say, you got to follow the science. Okay, which version of it? Because I think it's gone through about 20 different uh, iterations of it between now and the when it first started. And it'll probably go through 20 other new ones between now and then. <laughs> uh, maybe we talk a little bit about what's going on with the virus in a few minutes. We'll also take a look at your weather. Pretty excited to talk to our friend Shane Hewitt, who hosts The Shift up in Canada. Uh, Grammys, Daylight Saving Time, Andrew Cuomo, Biden, anything uh, goes when it comes to that. Maybe we'll talk about CDC guidelines and what do they follow when it comes to guidelines around. Oh, and did you see the new island condos coming to the Lake of the Ozarks? They look pretty nifty. There's some condo there's some pictures of the condos up at kmox.com maybe we'll talk about that too and brandy skillishay is going to join us in the next hour talking about head transplants Ooh, this is a good one i think you'll like that interview from uh, just a couple of days ago i wanted to replay it tonight it was so good but shane hewitt the shift our connection with canada right after the break on overnight america kmox Ooh, a couple seconds late, but I think we can uh, connect with our friends up in Canada with The Shift and Shane Hewitt. Are you there, Shane?
3: You know, knowing name-calling, no hurtfulness. Here we go.
2: <laughs> I was a couple seconds late. I'm sorry, Shane. How are you? Yeah,
3: that's all right. I'm good. Thank you, brother. Welcome back.
2: Well, thank I, you. Um, I... We were just
3: we were just having a conversation uh, uh, leading up to this about uh, language use at nighttime on the radio. And some of my <laughs> listeners have asked me to ask you what what is the line at your station or in your in your in your America about language use and how foul does it get on nighttime radio?
2: <laughs> I think that the standard most radio stations hold is actually a higher one than what the FCC would allow for. So the FCC being the governing body that controls language and other things that would be allowed on over-the-air radio stations and television stations, things like that. I wouldn't say I'm someone that dives into dirty talk. You know, I I really don't get into it. And even the things you would be allowed to, and by far you'd be allowed to do, I still don't do it late night radio in America, I think is still either Bigfoot talk or political talk <laughs> in either, or they yeah. don't get too racy.
3: Huh? Okay. And so in Canada, our, you have different our show standards called. Well, it's kind of the same. It's sort of the it's sort of the same. If somebody complains then, you know, then it's a problem. They take offense to it or whatever. And I mean they've there's been some precedent that allows certain words and if you're quoting something, you're allowed to quote them. You just have to declare it as a quote. Uh so for for clarity and accuracy. So there's those pieces of the puzzle. So here on the shift, we uh our audience is uh is our community, our family is called shift heads. And so (laughs) <laughs> of course, last week, I might have accidentally left out the F.
2: Well, it's like that one television show I refuse to say on the radio, too, because it's too close to a swear word. And even, I even tried I to avoid those ones. To to, I, I avoid them completely. I don't even bother with it because I don't want to mess up or even make it sound like I'm pretending do you, to swear. Do
3: you say it's like shiz or something?
2: Don't even like bring it up. Shiz Creek? Yeah, I don't even... Yeah, it's like completely (laughs) off my radar. I am so out of pop culture anyway. I've never seen a show. I've never seen that episode, I should say, or that TV show. Really? Yeah, and just going through the list of like the Grammy winners tonight, I don't know if I know any of the songs that are nominated. It's I'm so out of the loop.
3: That's not good. Well, it's a Canadian show. You can show support for your Canadian brothers and sisters who love to hear you on Sundays uh, here on the radio. And you can check out that... Canadian show with a foul name about a creek.
2: Yeah, well, is turn, it a Canadian might, show because of it. Eugene Levy? Is that the only reason it's considered a Canadian show? Oh, it's shot in Canada. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Shot.
3: Yep it's a mo it's a is it a motel outside in Ontario, uh, mm-hmm. and it was actually a purchase I think by a college that was being used as a, like a dorm, and they had to repaint it and everything because it was painted the colors of the college might not be a college, but it's some sort of institution like that. And and yeah, so they repainted it and redid it all. And yeah, it's about Daniel Levy, of course, Eugene Levy and, and their ties to Canada. And uh, mm-hmm. there's more Canadian actors on that show. And yeah, their whole thing shot in Canada.
2: Oh, neat. Too bad they don't do music because they would be pretty popular with all of the restrictions on, you know, the percentage of Canadian music you have to play on the music stations.
3: Yeah, that's, that's dreadful. That's
2: <laughs> dreadful, that part. <laughs> well at least it's not like that on tv too you have to the television shows it's been a long time since i've seen a canadian tv show now to show you how far i go back when i grew up in detroit we had the cbc so i used to watch this hour has 22 minutes and Mm, the other one was the red green show was fantastic and i still watch Mm -hmm. clips of that once in a while Uh, i'm trying to remember some of the other popular ones what's the other comedy one that they had on um well, there's a whole bunch
3: of them. I mean, comedy in Canada is, is big. I mean, there's SCTV was the old one,
2: right? Um, it was after that. Yeah, this
3: hour has minutes.
2: It was similar yeah, to the, this yeah. hour has 22 minutes, but it was on, I think, maybe back to back with it. I, I just remember watching a few different ones and it was nice to have it as a local channel in Detroit because you got mm-hmm. to see all the hockey games and things when it came on, which was pretty awesome.
3: Was it the Royal Canadian Air Force?
2: Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> Is that still on uh, the air? No, I don't think so. Well, uh, no. It's been a little while. There was an,
3: one of the, there's another show that was, um, Quarter Gas was another one that was fantastic Canadian show, small town, mm-hmm. prairie, central Canada type show. That one got shut down, but then they turned it into a cartoon and it did really well. And then there's another one, Kim's Convenience, which is a story about a family that owns a convenience store, a bodega, if you will. And then um, they, but they just that, and that's ending this year too. So it's too bad because we don't get a lot of a ton of Canadian shows. I mean, there's Heartland and all those ones that are extremely popular around the world. But um, the ones we get are pretty great. So,
2: so are those underwritten by the Canadian government in a way like they do on the BBC?
3: yeah well yes you can get grants um some of them are privately owned usually there's grants involved somewhere along the way even if you know the canadian idol version of of canadian idol right Um just like every other country around the world so there are grants available to support those things music in general though um you can apply for grants arts grants for so many things and there are many many artists that are quite successful that still get grants to help create videos or or produce new songs or, or whatever and or go on the road so there's a lot of grant support Uh, in fact i would i would go as far as to say that if the canadian public knew how much grant money was paying for the music that they were hearing it's one of the reasons why you have to play a certain percentage on canadian radio uh, that is canadian because um it's taxpayer funded for the most part in a lot of ways at least in some fashion there's usually some contribution somewhere yeah yeah it's kind of crazy huh
2: you know i you were mentioning um the grammys when we were talking before the show and i didn't even know today was the grammy day i had no idea so are you into yeah. that award show
3: no god no i i um i didn't even know until yesterday that it was on this weekend we did nothing to prepare for it or or talk about it last week uh, it, it totally escaped us all of us here and i even found it turned it on today i don't know what time it was on locally here just after six i turned it on and i was like oh wow it's on already and then i prepped the show, had a nap, got food together, made supper, did all the things, and the show's still on. Like, it is, I don't understand how, like, Trevor Noah was fantastic hosting. He's great. I mean, it was awkward, like they always are, because I am reading from a teleprompter. Ha, ha. Um, <laughs> but it really was, um, you know, that part was dreadful. I think they did a good job with the COVID and how they did the, the performances. Mm-hmm. But really, the reality is, is that I had no idea. No idea. Oh, yeah. I do follow music, so I I know the artists. Um you know, so that see, I do not, story,
2: but not even all of them. The artists are just so foreign to me. I, I look at them and I probably know 20% of the artists. And I, if you, I could probably tell you that they are a musician, but I wouldn't be able to tell you much of what they do. And I was shocked to find the best rock performance, the best rock album or no best rock performance was Fiona Apple. What's going on with rock music yep. today where Fiona Apple is the Help. best that rock produces
3: yeah it's uh it's an interest we were talking about that that maybe it's time to sort of blend folk and rock and alt and all these different things together uh, i don't know it's it's weird uh, rock album was the strokes which is cool because they've been around forever oh yeah fiona's on there too and um you know i mean that's great she got best rock performance yeah. and um you know, but it's different. It's, we also associate rock. I think this is a biased thing where we're not good at it. We typically associate rock with men and alt rock with women or folk rock with women. And mm-hmm. I think that that's one of those things that we got to get over because we always say there's not enough women in rock, but really in today's world, there's a ton. And if you look at best rock performance, um, it's almost all women. You've got Grace Potter, Brittany Howard, Haim, Phoebe Bridgers, and Fiona Apple. Right I'm so trying to yeah, what's Fiona apples category
2: like what's her greatest hit Fiona Apple
3: hey, well she has a she has a greatest hit album <laughs>
2: yeah um, let's see Fiona Apple uh, how long Criminal? she's been I active for a long time oh, okay see that Criminal? doesn't scream rock to me though it, you know it's more like a pop song uh, i'm funny. I'm looking I've through
3: rock radio. Oh, she's like only
2: outside. forty-three. Wow! I thought she's been around for a while. I was am going on Wikipedia well, it was now.
3: About twenty years ago when Criminal came out. About twenty years ago. So.
2: Oh wow! And You, you know, said I, the I, Strokes. I, it's just I, I remember world. playing them like college rock, college radio, and how big they were back then.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a lot older than you, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> did, I was already. Did you see the, I was already ten or fifteen years deep in radio at that point.
2: Yeah. Did you see the Bill Burr moment that everyone was talking about online? No. Which
3: one was that? Was that? No, maybe I did. No, I saw a different one. Which one was it?
2: So he introduced, it was like the the Latin Grammy or something along the lines, and he made a joke. He's like, so you're bringing the white guy up to do the Latin Grammy one. Like he made a joke about it, and people were super offended online because of it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe oh, it's, it's just now. not as represented. Um, yeah, the best tropical Latin award. And he said he was so excited to meet these musicians, and then he realized it was all everyone's like no one's there it's just him alone in this room and realizes he's not actually meeting anyone there and he said oh, what a total waste of time i thought i'd get to meet some people
3: <laughs> i think if you invite bill burr um you i think you you're asking for that to happen aren't you like that isn't that one of those things that you would just expect should should happen um you know yeah. but at the same time i don't know it's just off color joke it's not not probably not okay but
2: yeah, and well, it's like the um, Ricky Gervais. If you're going to invite him to host your award show, you know what you're getting, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, so it's but if, funny. If, if Ricky I, when Gervais you... says it.
3: Does Bill Burr get in yeah. trouble? Like, if if J. Ricky Gervais says that, um, I don't know if there's a backlash.
2: Oh so. no! You know, Bill Burr's like that too. I mean, he's kind of just doesn't care. Uh, there's a couple of different comedians and performers that have just been able to tune out the criticism that way and not have to really lean into it as if it's necessary to go on apology tours for everything. And he's one of them. Gervais is another one of them too. But there's there's only a handful of it seems like anymore that don't even consider um, trying to make it into a big deal when there's a controversy about something they said.
3: Well, cancel culture is a conversation that we have here quite often, right? Like at what point does you know, having an opinion and then a bunch of trolls on the Internet start to cancel the world because they're bitching about it and they don't get, you know, they don't, don't get out of their houses. And so, See, I that's another that word that
2: we wouldn't is, use.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Oh, is that a regular Canadian word? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> My apologies. I don't think it would get us in trouble, per se, but it's just, you know, it's the station standard. I don't know if we'd be allowed to use that one.
3: <laughs> okay well we're not gonna use that one complaining well about it's it.
2: uh 12 42 a.m here in saint louis so we're uh we're safe in that sense but um what do, uh, you're over on the anyway. west coast though aren't you you got a couple hours on us
3: Uh i got i've got uh he says 12:42. i have one hour on you uh Matt oh, one hour the, we run the show to vancouver i'm in calgary right so matt's in vancouver and yeah. so we're not matt and i are an hour apart so yeah we're we're um but we still, we don't, we just do the show. I mean, the show reruns in different, we rerun our shows. So in some markets, mm-hmm. it reruns later until the early morning. And so there's stuff happening all over the place. We just, oh yeah, I don't know. We just sort of live into a real life style. I just, all Gee. I know is that we we have this conversation about cancel culture again and again and again. And it, it seems to come up that, you know, there's a bunch of people who complain and stir things up. And it means that those are somehow the sort of the, the judges that get to uh, dictate the outcome of how people need to behave a market and apologize. I find it really strange in today's world. I hope that gets cleaned up.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people are looking for ways to be offended, not actually actually offended you know they're just looking like oh that could be offensive or they're they're out there searching for the opportunity to be offended so that mindset's got to change too because a lot of them are seeking it out they're not necessarily someone that consumed something and got upset or were uh, uh, you know someone that would have naturally been offended but now their radar's up and they're thinking oh that is something that could be considered offensive so i better get on them because i don't like them or whatever it is um Can I mention just one brief thing? Because I feel this needs to change in our vocabulary. And I don't know if uh, Webster's Dictionary or any of the other ones would be able to change things. But can we just make it so it's acceptable to say daylight savings time with an S without people going crazy?
3: Well, we, uh, we just had that conversation. Uh, it's funny. That's how we start the show is because it's daylight saving time. Um, it's much like yeah. Brussels sprouts. That's the example I give because it's actually yeah. not Brussels sprouts. It's Brussels sprouts. And mm-hmm. – um. And, yeah, I don't know, daylight saving time. How about we just get rid of daylight saving time altogether? And oh, that'd be great. Then yeah. we don't need to worry about the words.
2: I think it should be acceptable to say either way you want without everyone trying to say, well, actually, uh, there's no S in savings. But, I, th- yeah, let's get rid of it altogether. I think there's more support to get rid of it than not, and it would just be nice to not have to deal with it. Most people, I think, if you were to put it to a vote, majority would have it.
3: I, I, well, get to get rid of it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's this this conversation that comes up every year that never goes anywhere. So it's dumb. Um, But the reality is, though, is I just always look at it this way like, where in your life do you say savings other than your savings account? I mean, savings is not a thing. It's not a word. It's not a, so I don't know. I'm kind of. (laughs)
2: Savings. It's always savings time at your Farmer Jack was a jingle growing up. Like at grocery stores, coupon <laughs> time, savings, right? That would be another acceptable time for it. You I probably didn't so. have That's Farmer true. Jacks yeah. up there. I think it's more of a regional thing. No, that, I, they're not even in business. I used a
3: they, dynamite job
2: yeah they, they've probably been out of business for twenty years, and it's one of those things you know those jingles there's some jingles that will be permanently branded into your brain. It won't matter you'll be eighty and someone will start the jingle and you'll be able to finish it in the future
3: I love it and you did a great job singing it, which is fantastic Ryan record thank you very much, brother appreciate the connection sorry to the fellow I didn't mean to be following the show
2: <laughs> uh-huh we'll see how that goes uh when that hits the FCC commission and Now it'll be an international (laughs) incident.
3: That'll be great. I'll be the first Canadian to get wrapped on American
2: radio. Not even on my own channel. Awesome. Shane, good to talk to you. Thanks so much, brother. That is Shane Hewitt, the host of The Shift. Yeah, daylight saving time versus daylight savings time. All right, enough of this. If you feel you need to go online and correct someone. Well, actually, there's no S on the savings. All right. Come on. We just need to make it so it's fully acceptable in the dictionary so that at some point, if someone says it the way you don't like it, they can point to it and say, well, actually, it's totally acceptable to say it this way, too. I didn't get to talk about Andrew Cuomo in New York with Shane. Maybe I'm sure by next week, maybe Andrew has stepped down by this time next week. Who knows? Or even vaccines or things how that's been rolling out. Did you see the story about the new island condos that are coming to the Lake of the Ozarks? This is kind of cool, actually. The, the picture of it looks awesome. Uh, I don't exactly know how that would work out, but at least the renderings look sweet. If you haven't seen that, it's on the camox.com website. I also want to talk just a little bit about when it comes to COVID, CDC analyzing data. And what they're saying is the guidelines could be much more liberal by July 4th. Well, isn't that just precious? dictating to us what we can and can't do on July 4th. It reminds me of something else. This is Overnight America KMOX.
0: This is Overnight America sponsored by Michaels Flooring, the flooring experts,
2: michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Yeah, I was going through some of the different performances um at least the list of the Grammy winners. I am so far removed from any of these artists. Like Best Rock Performance, Fiona Apple, uh, Shamika, I guess. Haim was nominated, Brittany Howard, Big Thief, Phoebe Bridgers, and Grace Potter. Never heard of any of those. (laughs) The only reason I know Fiona Apple is because it stretches back a couple of decades. Best metal performance, Body Count. Others nominated are Code Orange, In This Moment, Poppy, and Power Trip. Never heard of one of those artists. I am so far removed. It's... And the thing is, I don't have any wish to actually seek out this music. I, I just I feel like a lot of my ambitions to learn and listen to new music is something that died with me years ago. It's, I think, something that's just a passage in life. And that's why classic rock is so popular, because you just remember it from when you were younger, whatever was popular, and that's all you care to consume or whatever. Best rock song, uh, Brittany Howard, and the song Stay High. And I just listened to that during the break because I was very curious. What does the best rock song of the year, according to the Grammy, sound like? Uh, Here is the winner of the best rock song. See, when I hear that, I don't think rock music, though. I I don't. It's just maybe rock has changed, and that's why whenever they come out with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees, you always look at it and scratch your head and say, why would that person qualify for Rock Hall of Fame? And somehow they get their way in. Okay, do you want to hear the Bill Barr moment, or Bill Burr moment? So Bill Burr is a comedian, stand-up comedian, uh, someone that has, I mean, successfully evaded cancel culture, mostly because people uh, realize that what he's saying is probably, you know, has some comedic value and he got in trouble at the Grammys and it was trending on Twitter. And I found a clip of what got him trending on Twitter. And if I were to go to Twitter right now, let's see, is he, yep. He's still trending from hours ago. All right, let's take a listen. You tell me how terribly offensive Bill Burr is. Was I the only one who wanted to kill himself during that piano solo? Uh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> I bought a suit for this. I thought it was going to be on TV. I'm such a moron. I am losing so much money right now. All right. Shout out to all the rock stars that I wanted to meet tonight who are watching at home instead. I'm talking to you, Don Dokken.
1: All right. What? I'm old. That was my first concert. All
2: right. Here are the next categories. All right. Hey, how many uh, feminists are like going nuts? How, why is this, this white male doing all this Latinos? <laughs> All the Latino stuff. All right. So that was Bill Burr. Why is this? (laughs) How many of the people are going crazy right now because uh, white male is doing all of the Latino categories? And that's all he had to say was the quote that I just played for you. And he's still trending on Twitter for that. I don't know if he'll be trending tomorrow. Do you think people will care by this time tomorrow? Something Bill Burr said? Probably not. And even when I look at some of the different things, they're just mostly very happy for Taylor Swift, who I didn't even know came out with music last year. And Beyonce, they're happy for her too, which I didn't even know came out with music. But i see I'm not the demographic for new music anymore. Maybe that's why I don't see any advertisements for new music when I go to websites. You know how they tell you that your internet history and things, the different Googles or whatever algorithms, the Facebook algorithms can pick up on what you want to buy before you know you want to buy it? Not once do I see anything music-related on my screens, and rightfully so. But if I start to see music ads that pop up, oh, you'll know. You'll know that they're spying on you. You know, going back to the Cold War, scientists have been trying to figure out how do you transplant a human head? And for the last couple of decades, they might be there, believe it or not. Fascinating interview coming up right after the break. Don't go anywhere. This is Overnight America, KMOX.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours